This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night and it can only mean one thing here at Radio City Talk. We are the Fight Disciples and another huge week of fight sports to get stuck into. And have I got a hell of a show for you guys tonight as well. I've been out and about this week. I'm going to do a bit of a mixed martial arts special because there's just so much going on there. And I caught up with not one, not two but three of the city's own world title contenders coming up. All got fights in September. Of course, I'm speaking about UFC welterweight title contender Darren Till. Of course, I'm talking about current Cage Warriors middleweight champion Lee Chadwick. Both of them are coming up later on. But first and foremost, let's start with the main man, shall we? Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. On September the 1st, he will challenge for the Cage Warriors lightweight championship of the world at no less Cage Warriors 96. Here he is. Backstage at the Echo Arena with the one and only Mr. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet ahead of September, Cage Warriors 96. And to be honest, Cage Warriors 96, it couldn't have been anywhere else on the planet, could it? No. Couldn't have been a better number, better name. That's it. Cage Warriors 96 in the Echo. Couldn't have been anywhere else. Justice for the 96 banners on the night as well. Yeah, of course. Defo coming out with something like that. Have me um, coming out with me flag holding that up, something at the least. This fight, obviously, I've just had a chat with with, with Soren there, supremely confident. You know, he was calling for the fight as much as you've been calling for yeah. the fight. But I've I seen a previous interview with him where he said that he would be so much bigger than you. But I think we're here today, and quite clearly, that's that's not the case. No. You know, I think you've always been a lightweight in it, struggling to get into a featherweight yeah. body, and you look happy. You look you look comfortable. Yeah, and I'm comfortable, revitalised. Know what I mean? I'm, this is more natural for me. I haven't got a kill myself to make the weight know what I mean I'm, this is more around the weight that I should be and that's a, people thought I'd be small at this weight and I'm, I'm just not I was just bigger featherweight yeah. know what I mean not small for this weight at all I'm just as big as everyone else really to be honest especially without having to do a big crazy weight cut and kill myself the right wrist is still strapped up what's the situation strapped up yeah same just I know you had an implaster earlier in the summer yeah Obviously I had an implaster when I went now. to Mexico and that but um, plaster's off now Train again with it now, but um, just just got to work around it for now. That's just like a precaution, anything, is it? Yeah, moment, keeping this is just keeping it in in position, know what I mean? Keeping it in place, making sure it doesn't bend the wrong way or something like that, know what I mean? Because even just just doing mad little things, messing around with someone there, you can your wrist can bend backwards the wrong way, and then if, and it hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when has the doctor said that will be perfectly fine for for punching for grappling? Um, he didn't. He told me not to fight on September first, but obviously, you know, you, you're looking to make a bit of history here. You're looking to add a, a second Cage Warriors title. Um, everybody knows it's been well scripted that UFC came to Liverpool and they came knocking on your door, and you chose not to go to the UFC but to stay with Cage Warriors. Can you explain explain that now? Because a lot of fight fans might think, "What a crazy decision that is." I know a lot of people don't understand it, but it's one of them. Know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to go and be a, a tadpole in the sea. You know what I mean? I'm big fish in this pond at the minute. Um, I want to get these world titles before I do it. I've said, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I told everyone before I'd even won the first world title. I said, I'm going to win both these titles at both these weights, and then I'll go to UFC. And just because they come to Liverpool, I'm not throwing all that by the wayside and jumping in, you know what I mean? I'm... 
at least have him over these world titles before I go to the UFC. People, I'm I'm setting myself up here. You know what I mean? People people jump in the UFC and go there for eight eight and eight or something. Eight thousand dollars to show, eight thousand for win. Yeah. I'm getting better wage than that now. Yeah. People don't understand that. I'm building a career here, building a a future. It's not just about fighting for the UFC. You know what I mean? Just because they've monopolised the sport, that's not like that with me. This belt, September the first, the lightweight belt. Would you, you know, would you straight away then look to go back down and, and win the featherweight belt? Is it is there a timeline on it, or would you like nah, defend I've, it? I, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. You know what I mean? Like, once I win this on September first, I'm sure they're doing cage warriors at hundred before the end of the year. I'll headline cage warriors at hundred. Take the featherweight belt as well. Just have to stick on a diet, won't I? From September first, <laughs> stick on a diet and uh, get, see, what, see, see if I can get my ass back down to featherweight. Because I'll be honest, it would be a it would be a struggle. Last time I made seventy without doing a weight cut, but it, it would be a struggle getting to featherweight. You're obviously filling out now, maturing now as a as an adult because you, you, people forget you, you're still so young. Um, you know, long term, you're probably looking at moving up a third weight yeah. division anyway. I know. By the time you finished, Paul said this to me years ago. Like, like you said, I started doing this when I was 15. Started fighting when I was 16. Paul's always said to me, "You're gonna end up going up and up and up." Because I, I started at bantamweight. A lot of people don't even know that. Had amateur, I was a bantamweight, and then I think it was me first. When you had no hair. Yeah, when I had no hair, when I had a skinhead, and I think it was me first six pro fights with bantamweight as well. Like my first loss was at bantamweight when Cameron else choked me unconscious. That was that was a bantamweight, and then I ended up moving up after that. And just the way the, my body is, I was a late developer as well. Me, I was like I didn't start getting bigger until about a year ago. So <laughs> I I was always a late developer lad. So it's just just the way it is. And um, like you said, I reckon I am going to end up going up again to welter. But for now, I know how I can make I can make lightweight easy and acting more professional like I have been lately and not like I did in the build up to the NAD fight I'll yeah. probably make featherweight easy as well Do you still look back on the NAD fight now like it was a bit of a godsend? Yeah like it had to happen? Yeah I'll be honest after the Rosa fight when I I know I just about edged that decision I know I didn't dominate the fight you know what I mean I won the first three rounds people can chat shite all he wants and say that I lost some that fight I never I lost the last two rounds and then I thought that that was the the blessing in disguise when I was sick in the cage after I thought yeah that's going to light a fire under me, me ass that now uh, I've just took a loss there without taking a loss and I just never yeah. I just carried on doing everything exactly the way I did and started dieting six weeks before the NAV fight and struggled to make it weren't professional outside the cage doing all of the stuff and like you said it was a blessing in disguise now Will you bounce back in sensational fashion with the the flying arm bar finish goes yeah. viral once again everyone's talking about Paddy Pimlet being sure, the next that big was funny, you know, superstar because we were talking me and Ellis were talking about so and Ellis Hampson best mates one of our teammates and one of our coaches as well we were talking about something it was a few days before and he just turned to me and went lad don't worry lad big finish get a little flying triangle or something he, he actually said it he went get a little flying triangle or one of them jumping jumping moves you've been doing bump up another few thousand followers and then lit the, the Sunday he turned and said it to me or the Saturday night he turned and said to me he was like told you didn't I lad big finish and you go up a few thousand followers and I was just laughing I was like lad you did say that <laughs>
It's funny, I was just speaking to Soren then and I asked him a question, whether he, what's more important to him, winning the championship belt or beating Paddy Pimlet? And he was honest, he said beating Paddy Pimlet for that exact reason. You're the one with the big following, you're the one with the big momentum, you're the one evidently that a win over you unlocks the next stage in, in fighter's career, potentially moving to the UFC. How does that make you feel when you hear that? Boss, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just Joey's that on this, this European MMA scene that I am someone, you know what I mean? And like I was saying before, if you go to the UFC, you're a, you're a tadpole in the, in the big, massive ocean. No one even knows who you are. By the, when I go to the UFC, everyone in the UFC will know my name. Half of them know my name anyway, but when I get there, they'll all know my name. And that's because I'll be a true weight world champion when I go there. Son's just reiterated to me as well that he's he's going to get the TKO finish, something he's been saying since the fight was agreed. For someone that's never been knocked out, you know, how does that make you feel to, to hear that he's going to knock you out? Everyone says it, don't they? I've had it nearly every fight. Everyone comes in like, I'm going to knock him out, I'm going to knock this little P-head out on that. I've had it loads of times, but um, like even that, that nad fight, I took a beat down and uh, never got finished because I won't get finished with strikes. Everyone says that, that knee that a rose hit me with would finish most people. Never finish me, you know what I mean? I, I won't get finished. Sodden obviously comes from a wrestling background, you you come from a jiu-jitsu background, you know, on the mat this could be, you know, world class. But I've got a feeling it would probably play out on its feet because that's I was, the way MMA yeah, works. I was just about to say that. I reckon this, he's more of a wrestler and more of a jiu-jitsu fighter. I reckon it's going to end up on the feet. I reckon we're going to end up standing and striking with each other. And he's going to get a fright. Is that something that, you know, excites you? Because yeah. it, it would unlock, you know, it would show fans again. Again, Another that, side of your game. That's what I mean. People think that I'm, I am just a jiu-jitsu fighter and I have got nothing else. I've just got flashy submissions and stuff like that. But no matter where the fight goes, I can do it. You know what I mean? I can stand there and box with someone. I could stand in the clinching knee and elbow with someone. If I, if I have to... I'd sit on top of someone for five rounds and just sit there and not even throw a strike but that's not me I could do that if I wanted but that's not me like for everyone in the arena and then everyone back at home on BT Sports watching it this is going to be a good fight I know it is this is going to be an exciting fight definitely I come to fight Soren comes to fight and it's going it's to go off the UFC came to Liverpool this year and it, it was an incredible event it, it felt like a bit of a landmark event but there was times when the atmosphere dropped off. There was times when it didn't, you know, it, I'll be honest, it didn't have that Cage Warriors feel about it. You know, Cage Warriors... It didn't have that paddy that paddy. That's what it like never had. Next-gen Cage Warriors. It's, it's a special night. It feels like house party. We've described it before yeah. as, a, as a house party. Okay, I, I said that after the UFC, didn't I? I put a little little clip on me thing of me running into the out of the cage, going bananas and put something up like people are telling me that the atmosphere wasn't the same as a cage warriors and obviously I had people biting going bananas at me ah oh, you're, you're jealous you're this you're that what am I jealous for that I fight in that arena anyway and I've all my own people there you know what I mean got all like we were talking about it before all the young kids what come to the cage warriors half of them young kids can't come to the UFC because it's too expensive the mums can't afford to buy them a ticket you know what I mean most of the people who come to that UFC were from down south and Leeds and London and that, and then like all around Europe and that. 
any show, any UFC, what's in Europe, people from all over Europe go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that's not like fighting on a home show, fighting in the UFC there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was obviously special when Darren come out, special when Molly come out. Yeah. But that's about it. Is when they walked out. Is that atmosphere as well and the fact that you have got this absolute tidal wave of young support? You know, I've, I've spoken about it many times. I've never seen anything like the support you pull in. It's phenomenal. Is that another reason why you're you're so loyal to the Cage Warriors brand? Because, you know, that support, wh- where would they go if, if they didn't have Paddy the Baddy to watch in Cage Warriors? I know. They're not good. These eight-year-old kids can't fly to Las Vegas. Can't That's what I mean. Oh, people don't understand this. Like, I got a phone call saying, the UFC want you for me. I'm like, I was I was in Danaha's at the time, in Henzo's. New York? Yeah, I was there at the time. I was just like, to Paul, what? What do you mean? I had to sit down, talk to him, then talk to Graham. And it was like the day before I was meant to go on the Ariel Hawani show as well. The day before I was going there, I ended up speaking to him, and it was... It basically got put down as, do you want to fight on the UFC? Because if you do, Cage Warriors isn't happening in the Echo. Mm-hmm. Either, you're either agreeing to fight on Cage Warriors in the Echo, or you're fighting on the UFC. What do you want to do? And I don't, in situations like that, you can't just think about yourself. You've got to think about all my teammates. Hell yeah, all people like that, all the amateurs. It's not just about me. Like I said before, next gen's a family. Yeah. And I won't just put myself there so that all the young kids can't get fights on a show. It's just not me. I'd rather have Cage Warriors coming back to Echo and have them, all my family fighting on the undercard and have me main eventing it. Putting money in more of my mates' pockets, putting money in local investors' pockets, putting, you know what I mean? Just gotta, you got to think about it from positions like that. People just turn to me, oh, why aren't you in the UFC? Oh, the UFC? Oh, you mustn't be good enough to go to the UFC. Yeah, man, whatever. You you keep thinking that. <laughs> That's a really surprise and really mature answer. Do you, but are you starting to feel like you, you've got to stay here then? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're selling out Echo Arena under the Cage Warriors brand. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Exactly. That's what I mean. That's, I've said this before. UFC are going to have to get the dough out, lad. Hey, UFC are going to have to get a contract with a lovely wage on. It's that simple. I'm going to have to get the dough out. Because otherwise I won't go. I don't need to. But I know for a fact when I do leave Cage Warriors, I'm leaving it in the hands of people like Elliot and Ellis and Ventry. You know what I mean? I'm leaving it in the hands of people who are going to develop the brand even more yeah. I said it the other week to someone by the time I leave Cage Warriors I want what McGregor said he wants to the UFC two belts and shares and then I'll go two belts and shares in the company set precedent I think that's it set the precedent and that's that's how that's the lead you've got to follow absolutely it's easy at the moment because there's so much momentum, there's so much positive chat around, there's so much fan support to get carried away. You know, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a, a journalist, but also a fan of yours. I, I often get carried away, but there's a man over there that's coming to take that away, that's exactly. coming to step on you and use you as momentum to further his own career. There's a man over there who's re- re- ready as ever, ready Absolutely. to come and take my head off, lad, and that's, that's the way it is, the way it's got to be, and I wouldn't like it any other way. I don't, I don't understand these fighters who... 
want to fight bums, want to fight people who aren't good. I don't understand it. People just pad the record out, just fighting people that are, that are terrible, you know what I mean? I hate all that. Me and Sodden are prime examples that we're not doing that. Yeah. We're trying to fight the best people out there. People, other people will try and fight people outside the UFC that they know they can beat just to get wins and wins and get in the UFC. And then when they get in the UFC, they end up getting slapped about by people, going on a three-fight losing streak and get cut. And that's because they never tested themselves outside the UFC. I'm going to be ready for anything, thanks to Cage Warriors. No matter what, what happens, I could fight anyone. Put me in that cage with anyone, and I'll put up a fight with them. No one will dominate me. What does Sodom bring? What what's his biggest biggest strength? Wrestling. Yeah, he's a wrestler, isn't he? It's what he's known for. But I don't look at stuff like that. It's it's the complete package. And you come in, know what I mean? He's got knockout power in his hands. You've seen that before. He can take people down and dominate them and submit them. Like we've seen that against Stapes. But I like Stapes. He's a nice fella and that. But I don't rate him at all. I'd do the exact same to Stapes if I fought him. I'd finish him in about 90 seconds. I don't rate him at all. Um, he's got no jiu-jitsu. He's got no wrestling. So, like, that, I expected that anyway. And then Jacobson, I expected back to win that fight as well. But the first round was a bit closer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, um, just just build on that, you know what I mean? Just got to watch the fights and I know it's it's not going to be an easy fight no fight's an easy fight on Cage Warriors not one fight's an easy fight but I expect to get get a finish within the first three rounds in this fight Similarly Soren saying the same thing you expect a, a TKO with elbows he's even going that precise inside two or three what can you envisage being being your man of the victory inside the distance? Not how this is exactly what I was saying. Two guys who are, who are strengthened <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Both years are predicting knockouts. Brilliant. Yeah. TKO or knockout. Faster kip. Paddy the Baddy there predicting sensational knockouts on September the 1st. Absolutely can't wait. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Please stick with us. Coming up in part two, going to go a little bit deeper on that Cage Warriors 96 card. He added a few more local fighters earlier this week. And of course, as promised earlier, we're going to catch up with middleweight champion of the world, Lee Chadwick. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples here on Radio City Talk. And listen, I told you it was an incredibly busy weekend or a busy week in terms of fight news. So let's do a little bit of fight news wrap up before we jump into that Lee Chadwick interview ahead of his obviously middleweight championship defence at Cage Warriors 96. So first and foremost, a little bit of boxing news. Obviously, the weekend, we had some uh, some Merseyside fighters out in action. Jazza Dickens performed up at the Bolton, uh, the White's Hotel on Friday night. Comfortable win for Jazza Dickens. Say comfortable inside the distance. Two minutes, 28 seconds. Bada boom. First big shot landed by Jazza. Ended Pablo Navarez inside the first round. Obviously, Jazza now goes straight into that British or... Uh, to try and reclaim his British super bantamweight title. Still waiting for a date for that one, but good to see Jazza firing on all cylinders. Unfortunately, no David Price on that card at the weekend. We were talking about Pricey returning to action uh, on last week's show. Pricey, unfortunately, picked up a back injury in the last 48 hours before the fight and was actually pulled from the card at last minute. So uh, I'm not missing Pricey out. He just did not perform. This weekend, let's look forward to 
uh, a fight down in Cardiff on Sky Sports on Saturday night. Um, big event, obviously. Joe Cordina, the local hero, is looking like is is hoping to come out and uh, you know really set the stall. Eight fights into his career, he's fighting for the Commonwealth title. So far, undefeated, untouched. I've got to be honest. Massive talent, Joe Cordina. But the Welshman hasn't faced anybody, my opinion this, hasn't faced anybody that's getting in the ring to actually beat him. We'll tell you what, Birkenhead's finest does this weekend. Yes, that's right. Birkenhead's own Sean Masher Dodd travels to Cardiff on Saturday night, live on Sky Sports, takes on undefeated Joe Cordina, the 7-0 talent from Wales that everyone is getting really giddy and excited about. But listen, Masher's done it before. Who would bet against Masha Dodd? Certainly out of this city as well. We've seen him perform. We've seen him go in as the underdog and lose and, and, and turn things around. And, you know, he had a reign himself as Commonwealth champion. His old Commonwealth belt is back on the line here. I know Masha's trained hard. He's been grafting with Robbie Davis over in Liverpool. They've been having some terrific spars from what we spies tell me. Masha goes to Cardiff full of confidence. He will take the fight to Joe Cordina. One of two things is going to happen, let's be honest. Either it's Masha's day, and we've had plenty of them, and who bet against it, or Joe Cordina is actually the talent that he's being billed as. But let me tell you this, seven fights into his professional career, in his eighth professional fight, he's taken on Masha Dodd for the Commonwealth title. I'm all for getting these kids into title action quickly. You know that I preach about it every week on this show. But that's a big step for Joe Cordina, especially when you look at his record, his previous seven fights. I'll be totally honest and on art, he hasn't fought a kid that's willing to throw a punch back in his direction. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean Dodd will this weekend. Keep an eye on that one for Saturday night. Hopefully all goes well, obviously, for Mashid. He deserves it. Anyone that's followed his career knows that he's got a massive fan base in this city. Yes, he's up against it, potentially, but we don't know whether Joe Cordina can hand with the big boys. Big night for both those lads on Saturday. And, of course, more local interest on the undercard. Chief support, Natasha Jonas, Liverpool's own, Miss GB. Here's seven professional fighters as well. She's fighting for the WBA interim. World Super Featherweight title taking on Vivian uh, Vivian Obenalf. Obenalf, former world title contender, 16 fights into her career. This will be her 17th fight. Again, a massive te- step up for Tash. But we've seen it before as well. Tasha, that amazing Southpaw style. She's got so much potential. We truly believe she's going to be a future world champion. This is a massive step forward this weekend. If she can get a win over a former title contender like Obenauf, then that puts Tasha right in the frame for a potential world title fight. And listen, I'm hearing, my spies are telling me, Natasha Jonas, all being well on Saturday, will fight for a world title on the Anthony Joshua Pavekin undercard later in the year. Massive opportunity for Tash on Saturday down in Cardiff. Make sure you get stuck into it. One final bit of boxing news, of course. The city's own number one son, we did a show about it a few months ago. Potentially, in my opinion, yes. The greatest boxer this city's ever produced. Mr. Tony Bomber Bellew is being lined up to take on Alexander Usk. People will know him because he won the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Tournament just the other week. Absolutely sensational stuff. Proved himself to be undisputed. The first ever universal cruiserweight champion of the world who's picked up all the belts, IBF, WBC, WBA, WBO, and the Ring Magazine, all five belts. There has never been a unified, undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world before Alexander Uska achieved that two weeks ago. And what did he do? He got on the mic, he called out Tony Bellew. Listen, son, be careful what you wish for. Bomber fancies it, and... 
this city knows we're all Tony Bellew fans in this city. He's needed a dance partner. He's needed the right opponent. He needs somewhere to go after the two wins over David Hay. He's already spoke about not going up to face the likes of AJ. There was talk of the Tyson Fury fight. I knew that wasn't going to happen just politically. He needed a dance partner, and this guy brings every single belt in the cruiserweight division. Tony Bellew can beat Alexander Usk. He retires, I'm telling you. He will retire with all five belts around his waist. A very, very happy man. And then, and then the campaign for the bronze statue will go into overdrive. Make no mistake. I'll give you a full roundup of that when it happens confirmation. At the moment, I'm hearing it's definitely going to be November, Bellu versus Usk, but no venue as yet. I've got a feeling it will be the O2 Arena in London, unfortunately. For But listen, we'll travel. We've traveled for Bellu before and we'll travel for Bellu again. Right, back to mixed martial arts. That's our boxing ticked off. Um, I teased it earlier in the show. Obviously, Darren Till. If you're waiting for Darren Till, stick with us coming up in part three. But right now in part two, Cage Warriors middleweight champion Lee Chadwick is back on the show, a friend of the show. He's had a tough start of the year. The injury ruled him out of the last Cage Warriors card at the Echo Arena earlier in the year. Uh, the fight's been rearranged again with Jonas Bilstein defending his middleweight belt. And I started the interview by asking Lee, you know, has it been frustrating getting the setback of this injury? It's kind of ruined the start of the year and ruined his reign. You've got the gold wrapped around your waist. The first thing you want to do is, is defend it, prove yourself as that, start your reign as champion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, this, this opponent's good, he's worthy, he's capable. Um, and I can't wait to test myself against them. When you go back to back into camp and you've got the belt now you've achieved that dream that you know we've talked about this previously for so many years a lot of people were doubting it and saying you're never going to get there you're never going to be a world champion but it was you and it was your tenacity that got you this belt so to get there and reach the top of the mountain you know it must have nearly killed you to have to just sit there and, and watch it collecting yeah. dust. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm just glad the injury never occurred before the title fight. Luckily, I'd got the belt so I could sit back and um, recover, and then now I've got a chance to defend it. How is the injury doing? It's good, it's good, yeah. Every Knee's healing. Um, it's took its time, like, but I've just been working around it. I didn't really stop training for more than a couple of weeks anyway. i just done what I could around it to keep my body in shape. Is that both knees you've had done now? Um, both knees are being bad, yeah. Um, it's just it's that sport. Once once they go, that's it. They're a bit dodgy, but I've just been doing a lot of um, rehab and stuff like that to strengthen up. And um, yeah, they'll be fine. Come the fight. We've we've spoke previously about yourself and your position and your journey in MMA. It's you know it's one of the most roller coaster journeys in in the history of British MMA. Let's yeah. be honest. And, you know, for a lot of people, this feels like the punctuation mark. Does it feel like the punctuation mark for you? Is this the pinnacle of Lee Chadwick's career right now? No, I just feel like um, I'm nowhere near where I want to be at all. I want to defend the belt and I want to um, get onto the UFC. So that's my goal. Like, this just feels like the beginning. We uh, obviously, Liverpool played host back at the Echo Arena again for Cage Warriors 96. Um, we recently hosted the first ever UFC event in Liverpool, Darren Till, top of the bill. Another packed house, just like it will be for this event on September the 1st. Did you attend UFC Liverpool? What did you make of it? Did you did you, did you watch it from home? But um, at the back of your mind, you're thinking, one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I didn't attend. We, I was away. We went to Lakes um, to chill out over that time. Um, was that previously booked or did you do that to get away? You didn't want to... I done that to get away. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to. I didn't want to get um, 
go down. To be to be honest with you, I just had my um, headset on my fight, so I didn't want to get stuck in the crowd in the um, UFC. I wanted to watch it um, the day after, just chill out and watch it in my own time. Yeah. Were you still up in the lakes when you did watch it? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. What was your feeling watching it from afar? Or, you know, watching it the next day, how did you feel? Did you... Oh, it was good to see. It was brilliant to see, and it was good to see Dad and Till get the win over there in Wonderboy. It was um, a good um, game of chess, wasn't it? it did was. you did you enjoy the fight? Did you appreciate the fight? You know, it, it depends what what kind of stage of a fan I think you're in. You know, I thought the fight was absolutely fascinating from start to finish. Yeah, a, a yeah. Chess match, but it was. Yeah, I, it was ex- exactly how we expected it to go. To be honest with you, they were yeah. both um, wary of each other. They both knew what. They both had the skill to take each other out. It was good. It was good to watch. Not a fight that we'd see Lee Chadwick in. No, no. <laughs> man, is a bit more messy. <laughs> <laughs> or some would say entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we can expect on September the first? More of the same, or you know, as you say, both knees have been done now. You've been in the game for an awful long time. At this stage of your career, do you have to approach training and the way you approach fights differently than what you did ten years ago? Um. Well, yeah, I don't. I know what works for my body now and what I need for my fights with experience. I know exactly what I need to do to get fit and ready for the fights. Um, obviously, when you've got injuries, most fighters have an injury anyway. Some, some have bad hands, some have bad elbows, some have bad knees. You, you don't go into a fight without an injury, so you just do what you can um, around those injuries and um, specifically for your body to be fit and in shape. Because um, I'm more of a boxer wrestler, I do a lot of um, grappling and boxing and um, mixing up with takedowns and stuff. So as long as I'm fit for that specific, the way I fight, that that's all that matters. The way you fight is very grapple heavy, you know. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of, you know, fighters certainly in the UFC, the likes of Cain Velasquez, people like that. They, their bodies burn out so quickly. How are you combating that? You know, you, do you do a lot of, of cryotherapy type stuff, a lot of massage? Have you changed your nutrition over the years dramatically? Or? Yeah, I do cryotherapy um, and work on my nutrition a lot more than I used to, yeah, because obviously as you get older, your metabolism slows down, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, I do a lot of kettlebell training and stuff as well. That's, I find that's good for grapple fitness. Um, but there's nothing, not, nothing that gets your fitness up more than wrestling every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us about this opponent then. Tell us about your your first defence on September the first. What's well, his strengths? His strengths his strengths are um, pretty much similar. He's a good wrestler, um, got good grappling. Um he, he I feel he's gonna try and take me down and um smother me for the try and make it a boring fight, take me down, pin me down, wear me out and try and steal the early rounds. So um I'm working on an explosive and um taking him out early to be honest with you, but I'll have the fitness to carry through all the five fives like yeah. I did last time, but I'm going to start a lot um, quicker this time. I'm going to look on um, putting him under pressure quick, make him panic, and then um, take it from there. Will walking out in front of you know 10,000 scousers, having that momentum behind you, is that kind of the logic? You know he's going to be intimidated, he's going to feel like he's, yeah, he's going to yeah. know he's going to be away from home as soon as he walks inside the arena. Is, your, is that your idea? Is, is pounce on him while his eyes are still wide open? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think if he saw me last fight, he, my last fight was a bit more. I was a bit more um, set back, um, didn't lunge in as much because Victor Cheng was a um, clever fighter. Um, he knew what I, what I was about, so um, 
that started a lot slower, but I think he's hoping that this will be the same and he'll st steal the early rounds and won't let me come back because um, that's what happened with Victor Cheng, but it won't be the case. I've been working on explosiveness, speed, power um, and fitness, so I'm looking to take me fitness and strength and everything to the next level from the title defence. Your journey, as I say, has been nothing short of incredible. It would be... It almost feels like a travesty now if at least one day you don't get to make that walk to the octagon. Yeah, is, is that that's still the drive and motivation? That's that's all that's in my mind, yeah. So I just need to prove myself one more time, I think, in my mind. Um, defend the belt. Um, there's quite a few middleweights um, going out to the UFC this year, so there should be an opening. So see what happens. See how this fight goes. I'm open. I can... I mean, it depends on how the fight goes and it depends how exciting it is that gets me more publicity, so I want to make it exciting, I want to make it look good and I want to make a statement. Is it making that walk, obviously winning the belt alone is one hell of a career goal, but you know, eventually making that walk to the UFC, there's been a lot of people over the years that have, that have come out and said he's not good enough, he won't get there, you know, he hasn't yeah. got the talent or he's not having a great time at the moment or whatever it may be, but it's been you and your family and your loved ones that have stuck by you, yeah, that yeah. have got to where you are today, that's got to give you some kind of satisfaction, surely. Yeah, definitely. Because it would have been easy over the last 10 years for you to go, you know what, I'm going to go and get a real job, this isn't going to pay off, I've had a couple of losses, whatever it may be. Yeah. But you haven't, your single-mindedness and your dogged determination, yeah. surely that's that makes it, it taste it. even better, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Overcoming um, all, the, all the controversy, yeah, definitely makes you feel good. But... Um, I don't listen to the outside world, I just have my vision in my head and keep going forward until I can't go forward anymore, so that's all that matters. We're on a, a table today with, with the rest of the main card guys, young Elliot Jenkins and, and Paddy Pimlet and his opponents, Sorenbach, all young lads, you know, all, yeah. you've got 10 years on you kind of thing early in the game, but mm. you know, is your edge now, is it that experience? Is it the fact that you've know you, you you've, you've done so much in your career? Yeah, definitely. Experience definitely shows when I fight. Um, it, I've got a lot more, um, what do you call it? I've got more battlecraft. Um, I know I've been in every situation you can think of in the cage, so there's nothing that worries me. There's nothing that scares me. Um, there's nowhere where I'm going to be somewhere new. So that, that definitely plays on my side. Any predictions for September the 1st? I'm going for exciting, but knockout, submission, whatever comes first. Um, but I'll be going in hard and strong. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Coming up next, the gorilla, Darren Till. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. And I guess this is the saving the best till last. Liverpool's first ever UFC title challenger, Darren Till. And I started the interview this week by asking him, this fight's come at short notice. Is that going to mess up his preparations? No, uh... Always be ready, always, always, you know, always be ready to, to fight. And that's what I am, I'm ready to fight. Yeah, it might be a shorter camp, but I'll work harder, I'll train harder. I'll get my weight down quicker and, and you know, as I say, mate, 100% confidence every time I go into fight. It doesn't matter, one week camp, six week camp, two months, whatever, you know what I mean? So I'm ready. You've got this incredible unbeaten running mixed martial arts, which is kind of unheard of at this level, but you've never actually fought in USA before. Excited to get over to Dallas? Yeah, I can't, mate. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a good record, mate. You know, I've got the second best record in the UFC after Khabib, you know. You can say what you want, but 
it's hard to do stuff like that, you know what I mean? I lost along the way, everyone does get, and I'm sure mine will come, but up to now it hasn't, and I'm already, you know, fighting for the title, unbeaten, so, yeah, it's going to be different. I've never fought over there, and I can't wait, to, especially against the champion. Now it's time to, it's time to dethrone the champion. Tyron Woodley's, you know, he, he had this incredible rise to becoming welterweight champion, became a bit of a fan's favourite worldwide, but hasn't defended the belt in over 12 months now and in a division that's so entertaining as the 170 as welterweight it's disappointing I think a lot of fans and I think maybe the UFC included want to see a new champion now and someone that's going to stay busy yeah uh, I just think that the champion's the champion so when you're the champion you're the champion so you you can call out whoever you want and you get that fight that's, that's what being a champion is you get to call the shots you, you know, we're all trying to rise, and I mean, we do get to that 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 certain level as, as being a champion. Certain things come with that, you know, money, uh, f you know, obviously fighting fame. You're the champion. You're you're the main man. You can call the shots. You know, it. A lot of stuff comes with that, and it's because you've worked for years and years for that. But Woodley's got that now, and it's like he doesn't want to call anyone out. And, and I, I know I don't know if he did have surgery or not, but you know he is concentrating on other other things in his career. Either relinquish the belt or call someone out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you call me out or Colby or Usman or anyone. Call someone out and get that fight. You're the man who calls the shots, mate. It's like he's been backed into a corner. You know, originally mm. it looked like it was going to be Covington because he won the interim belt in the UFC. Mm. Then basically give him nowhere to turn, there's an interim champion now, Covington unfortunately has ruled himself out to the fight, which fortunately for you, yeah. has opened the doors to step in, do you think it is with Woodley, do you think he's just been hanging, waiting, in the hope of getting this GSP money fight? Me, me, I, I think so, yeah, I think it is that, because I've heard him talk for a long time about money, and, and I know at the time when Conor was coming up, he was a lot, he was a lot like, a little bit jealous of Conor because Conor was making all this money and whatever and I think he sort of wants to be considered the money fight Woodley but he's not the money fight you know uh, but if he got the GSP fight that would be a money fight no matter what so yeah he could have been holding on for that or Nate you know like what I mean he was saying like give Nate 5 million give me 5 million and and fight for 5 million it doesn't oh, oh great you know 10 million from a fight that's amazing but that just shows it, yeah, money fight, and then there's, you know, a kid like that until 25, doesn't give a fuck, just wants to fight and beat everyone, you know, not not as much as a money fight right now as NATO or GSP, you know, it's big risk for little rewards, so, but it's not just me, mate, he wasn't calling anyone out in the battle of the season, Colby, Usman, none of us were getting call-outs from the champion, now, I know it doesn't work like that, we have to call a champion out, but the champion does have to, you know, say who wants to fight. Who who do you want to fight? You know, who who's next in line? You pick, mate. You're 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 the man with the key. You're the guy who who we're all chasing. But then, if he doesn't pick anyone, then the UFC will have to pick for him. Well, yeah. Well, you can't just stay stagnant forever. Well, can't stay stagnant, and also it's time to fight. Colby says, "Well, I need time off. My body to cover." Okay, we understand that, but you know you're gonna get that fight against Woodley, and then you turn it down. Doesn't make any, make any sense, you know. My body's broken as well, mate. Like it's a hard sport, but so the UFC aren't letting Colby call the shots. So they've said, you know, someone else who's ready. And I'm here, mate. I've I've only just fought Thompson, and, and now I'm ready to to fight Woodley.
How did it come about? Was it did you get news of Covington pulling out and reach out to the UFC, or did they reach out to you? No, they told me that they told me that Colby, you know, is trying to call the shots, is doing this, doing that. He's going to have surgery. He uh, doesn't want to fight when they want him to, and they said we'll put you in against Woodley. Do you accept? You know, it's, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Um, your preparations, obviously, as I say, going to be curtailed a little bit. You haven't got a full ten weeks for this camp. It's a little bit less. But then, I guess Woodley's been inactive. By the time the fight comes, they'll be inactive for almost eighteen months. Yeah, it's. I've been more active than him recently. Uh, but yeah, it's short camp. He's probably been training. You know, short camp for him. But yeah, he's been inactive. So. We're both going to fight, and, and the better man will win. And I can sure as hell guarantee, like, I know I'm going to dethrone the champion. There's, there's just no two ways about it. Woodley's rise to the championship was was explosive. It was, you know, it had everything you want to see from a cha- from a challenger similar to yourself. But then his reign as champion has been uh, very sporadic defenses, and then you know heavily criticised for his two fights with Woodley, so, uh, with uh, Wonderboy, sorry. And, Obviously, your fight with Wonderboy was very much a chess match last time out. For fans who want to tune into this, do you, do you envisage it being a, a bit of a chess match? Or is it a completely mm, different fight? No, I'm just going to go in there and just put put, put it on him. I'm just going to put it on him, mate. Yeah, there's a few things to be wary of his takedown. You know, he's got explosive hands, but I'm just going to put it on him, mate. He's, he's not... You know, he is the champion, but I don't see him like that. I just see him as a little small man who I'm going to beat up. I'm, I'm just going to put it right on him. I don't care. The Wonderboy performance, I think, more than anything, showed the rest of this welterweight division, including the champion, that there's far more in your locker than just aggressive striking, yeah. that you're very much a thinking fighter. Do you yeah. think that's part of the reason why, clearly, you know, you were the last person he wanted to face? Me? Well, because I've, I've got the power and I've got the size and I've got the, you know, I've got the attributes. It's different. Me fighting Woodley than Thompson fighting Woodley. Thompson's good. Thompson can catch you with a spinning kick, but I've got that power in these hands and I, these elbows. It's, it's, it's power, mate. There's a lot of power, you know. So, you see what I've done to Wonderboy in, in the last round as, he, as he's moving away. You know, I just clipped him at the back of the head and dropped him. You know, if, if I catch you clean, you know, it's lights out, definitely. And even after that, one left hand, upper court hawk, left hand, it, it, it's going to be a flurry of punches and... Good night. You said just in the build-up, in the early stages of camp, in the build-up to the, the cowboy fight, that by the end of this year you were going to be UFC champion. It's all manifested itself now. Yep. You know, it, it, the opportunity is there. Did you truly believe that at the time, at the start of the year? Did you truly believe you were going to be shot? It's just simple, mate. It really is simple. Whatever I say, I won't say something unless I don't believe it. So in my mind, I might, like... You know, crazy little man works. If 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 I say something out loud, I have to believe it. Otherwise, I won't bother saying it. So everything that I say, I do truly believe. So you've heard me talk about Anfield. I truly believe that one day I'll fight at Anfield. This is all stuff I believe. It's it's my belief versus everyone else's, and my I just it's just so strong. My belief for everything I believe in, it's just it's unmatched. No one matches my belief. Obviously, there's a short window to fight at Anfield. It's got to be summer. It's got to be between when the football season's finished, between between May and August next year. Then could we see the first defence at, at Anfield Stadium? Is that what you're saying, or do you think it might be a bit further down the line? It's possible, mate. It's very possible. It's 
it's not unheard of, you know what I mean? Like, they were going to do Crow Park, they were going to do Crow Park. You know, why can't I build enough momentum to do Anfield? I've got the following, I've got the people, and we're going to have the title. Why can't I defend it at Anfield against anyone? Colby, Usman, someone like that. So, I, I truly believe that one day I'm going to sell Anfield out and fight there under the UFC. You went over to International Fight Week um, earlier this month out in Las Vegas. And from the footage I seen, you were absolutely swamped by the fans. So going to Dallas, I don't feel like you're going to feel like an away fighter. Quite the opposite. I feel like you might you might have the bulk of the support anyway. May well. I don't know how many people are going over to this fight. I can imagine a lot. And over there, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fans. So yeah, I could may well be the home the hometown fighter. You never know. We'll see. Do you think the UFC want you to be welterweight champion of the world? Do you think they need they need an active champion, don't they? They need someone that's polarised with fans, that engages with a younger audience, yeah. and actually fights. I think they need someone... Listen, I just think they need someone like me, and, and people like me, because, for starters, we don't care. We're not asked about money. We like to fight. We like to interact with the fans. We're one of the lads... That's 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 champion stuff. That is in my eyes champion stuff. I, I'm just I'm just like a, a young lad from the streets who is one of the lads and will always be one of the lads. I don't care. I don't care who will fight. You know, what? I'm not a guy who'll sit here and say to you, I wouldn't. I, you know, I wouldn't. Man, I don't. I don't think I'd like to fight him or him. And this is not just in the welterweight. This is in all weights. You can ask me coaches. I never come to me coach and say. Oh, you know, he's he's a tricky fighter or anything because I just truly believe that I can beat them all. So, why would the UFC not want a champion like that? And it's not up to them anyway. It's a fight, a fight, a fight, isn't it? But they like me. They like people like me who want to fight and want to fight anyone. Don't care. Ask for the hardest fights. You know, I was in I was in Vegas speaking to the matchmakers saying, "Give me, give me Usman, give me Woodley, give me anyone." No one's been asking for Usman. Mm. Everyone's been shying away from Usman. I'm asking for Usman. I don't care, mate. If you are the guy to beat me, then you are the guy to beat me and I will take that loss like a man. So, I need to see who's gonna beat me. I need to fight that guy who can potentially beat me. That'll show me a lot about me and what I need to do. So, I, I welcome it all with open arms. September the 8th, the opportunity to to achieve a, a lifelong dream. So, will you have to make new goals after that date? Once that welterweight belt wrapped around your waist, will you have to go back to the drawing board, or is it is it just part of the journey? It's just it's just another little thing. It's just another. You still haven't seen anything yet. It's just I'm still scratching the surface. Only 25, and it's just it's just all part of my plan. I've got a I've got a plan and. I can guarantee 100% that I'm going to do it, my plan, and getting this belt, I won't be contempt. Getting the middleweight belt, I won't be contempt. The only time you're going to see me contempt is when everyone's calling me the greatest fighter of all time, and then maybe I can sit back and say, well, you know, I'll have two, three, four more fights now and then that's it. But right now, I'm not contempt with anything. I'm not contempt with the wins, I'm not contempt with anything, no. I like the win, 
I'll enjoy the title for a week, but then, you know, I'll have me fun, and then I won't be contempt again because it's not enough. I can't be considered just a champion or just a, you know one of the world's weight champions. People have to say Darren Till was the greatest fighter. Otherwise, I'll just I'd quit today. I'll just go and teach. I'll go and do something else. I have to be the greatest. There's no other way for me. Do you think your fight IQ, which I believe puts you on a different level from so many fighters, do you think that's down to nature or nature? Do you think you were, you were literally born with a good fight IQ or do you think you've just worked with great coaches over the years that have put you in this position? I think I was born with it because, you know, I met, I met Colin at a late age. I was uh, 17 and, and what Collins, Collins took me to that next level, obviously, but there's, there's like... Everyone gives their own opinion and quotes on it. Like you know, you have to work. It's not talent. You have to, you know, do this, do that, whatever. But for me, I was just born knowing and and, and believing that I am the greatest fighter alive, and no one was going to change that. Who'd be better against them, eh? Liverpool's first ever UFC champion. I tell you what, UFC at Liverpool. How good does that sound? That's all we've got time for this week. Catch me next week here at Radio City Talk. Same time, same place. And if you want more from the Fight Disciples, check us out online at Fight Disciples across all social media. And all our back catalogue is available at fightdisciples.com. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.